Welcome to the High Fidelity Podcast. I am your host, Bridget Conry, coming to you from the dialed studio at Hula on the shores of beautiful Lake Champlain in Burlington, Vermont. This week, we are going to discuss access to the medical cannabis program here in Vermont and list the top seven reasons Vermonters should consider joining the program if they qualify. But first, (laughs) you guessed it, high fives and some market updates. This week, they're intermingled. You'll see what I mean in a second. Will, take us in. There are lots of high fives to give out due to the midterm elections. While we did see three states fail to pass adult use legalization, that would be Arkansas and the two Dakotas, we'll take the wins in Maryland and Missouri. Maryland became the 20th state to legalize, passing it handily with a 31% margin. The ballot question was proposed by state lawmakers and gives them the go-ahead to set up a marketplace as early as July of next year. It also triggered social justice initiatives that were passed in previous legislation, including reduced penalties for possession and expungements of low-level cannabis convictions. Adults 21 and over will also be able to home grow for personal use starting in July. We always love to see that. Missouri became the 21st state. With this vote, nonviolent cannabis offenses were automatically expunged and measures were included to diversify participation in the licensed market. The established medical cannabis facilities will be awarded licenses first and could open to the public as soon as February. Like Maryland, Missouri will also allow home grow for personal use. Woot, woot! (laughs) We couldn't help but notice Rhode Island's municipal referendums on retail cannabis. Unlike Vermont, Rhode Island chose an opt-out approach to retail sales, which means that if a town or city wanted to ban cannabis stores, the only way they could do so was through voter referendum on or before November 8th. 31 of the 39 municipalities in Rhode Island, yes, that's right, there are only 39 municipalities in Rhode Island, posed the question to voters this week, and 25 of them approved. When you add these to the eight municipalities that did not hold a vote, which means retail will automatically be allowed there, 33 municipalities will open to retail sales. That's almost 85%. High five to the citizens of Rhode Island. Compare that to Vermont and its opt-in approach, which has resulted in only about 25% of towns and cities allowing retail sales. This will ultimately cause clustering in Vermont, and really competitive markets like Burlington will end up saturated, while other parts of the state will lack local access to weed. Unfortunately, we already began to see this with a Seven Days article recently, where Chair Pepper was acknowledging concern about the fact that Burlington already has eight approved retail locations. And because of the 500-foot rule and proximity to schools, a lot of these are going to be kind of in the same couple blocks in the Church and College Street area. We'll see if they can all make it. I won't get into all of the wins at the polls, including some exciting reforms in Texas that will greatly reduce criminal penalties for possession in specific municipalities. But if you would like to learn more, a comprehensive listing of cannabis-related election results is available on Normal's website. That's N-O-R-M-L, which stands for the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. A great resource. 
We will, however, send out a huge high five, maybe even a double. Does that make it a high 10 to Lieutenant Governor and now Senator-elect John Fetterman, who won a tightly contested race in Pennsylvania for an open U.S. Senate seat? Lieutenant Governor Fetterman has been a strong proponent of legalization for several years now, primarily for the social justice aspects of it, but also as a matter of civil liberty. To quote one of his campaign ads, This idea that we have allowed a plant to be illegal and criminalized in this country is absurd. We're right there with you, Lieutenant Governor, and glad that you will be another much-needed cannabis advocate in the Senate. I can't help myself here. Veggie tray for the win. <laughs> Let's make sure there's plenty of broccoli to go around. Now on to the medical program here in Vermont. I'm always amazed at how many Vermonters are still unaware that this program exists or if they do, that they don't know who qualifies nor how to access it. This is partially due to the fact the program has not been promoted well by our state government, and licensed dispensaries were not allowed to advertise their services until recently. Healthcare professionals have also been historically slow to embrace the program, which means that if a patient was not actively talking to their physician about the option, it most likely was not being discussed. Underneath it all is the fact that Vermont originally created one of the most restrictive programs in the country, both in terms of patient access and limited licensing. These and other reasons have resulted in Vermont having one of the lower participation rates in the country when compared to other states with regulated programs. We'd like to see this change for the better, but we are also well aware that every state that is legalized under adult use after implementing a medical program has seen registration numbers drop when retail stores open. Actually, in Vermont, we started to witness this trend after homegrown and possession were legalized for adults in 2018. The Cannabis Control Board took over regulation of the program from the Department of Public Safety in 2022. They made some immediate rule changes to improve access and plan to advocate for updates to the laws in the upcoming legislative session. They will also work to ensure quality and safety standards are consistent between the adult use and medical markets. We believe that the medical program offers a lot of benefit to Vermonters, whether they are accessing it through the dispensaries, a caregiver, or growing their own at home. We will continue to advocate for it and are hoping that the Vermont way of legalizing cannabis could eventually mean either an expansion of the medical program in the face of adult use or some new version of an adult use marketplace that also supports people using it therapeutically. Ultimately, it shouldn't be harder to access cannabis for a person using it medically than it is for someone using it for wellness or recreation. As with everything, education is the key to progress. So we connected with Lindsay Wells, the Medical Cannabis Program Administrator in Vermont for the past 10 years, to explain how Vermonters can register with the program and to review the rule changes that happened this year to expand access. Take it away, Lindsay. Thank you, Bridget. Hi, everyone. I'm Lindsay Wells, and I'm the Medical Cannabis Program Administrator with the Cannabis Control Board. I'm here to provide some information about the medical program and spread the word about important changes that every patient should know about and why you should register as a patient. But first, for those unfamiliar with the Vermont Medical Program, let me review some basic information. The Vermont Medical Cannabis Program is for Vermont residents with a qualifying medical condition. 
that can apply for a medical card. A qualifying medical condition means cancer, MS, HIV, AIDS, glaucoma, Crohn's, Parkinson's, PTSD, or any other medical condition that is chronic debilitating produces wasting syndrome, chronic pain, severe nausea, or seizures. Information about how to apply with the medical program can be found online at ccb.vermont.gov. Applications can be submitted online or via mail. As part of the application process, your doctor will need to verify you have a qualifying condition. It can take up to 30 days to process your application at this time due to our transition to the CCB, but I'm hopeful we'll get back to our normal two-week or less processing time in the near future. The annual application fee is $50, and patients must remember to renew every year, and you can renew up to three months in advance. So with that said, the important updates every medical patient should know are you no longer need to designate a dispensary. You can go to any dispensary you want and make a purchase. And you don't need an appointment anymore. So you can just show up when they're open. The three-month relationship with the healthcare provider has been removed as well. You no longer need to wait three months if you're a new patient to enroll with the program. Since you establish care, you could apply as a patient of Vermont's medical program. Also, you're able now to purchase up to two ounces per transaction, not two ounces within a 30-day period. Additionally, every dispensary has to have a plan for the continuity of products for patients. So what this means, folks, is the dispensaries need to ensure that they are going to have products available for patients before there are products available for the adult use market. Medical dispensaries also have discounts for veterans and seniors. And lastly, I would say one of the things that's a great benefit about the medical program is if you're new to the program, you can always go in and talk to somebody at one of the medical dispensaries. Every patient's background is different. So is their experience with cannabis. Some of them may have not used it in years. Some of them may be more familiar with it. Some maybe never abused cannabis. The medical program allows you to get a card, go to a dispensary, sit down, have a private conversation with a person, and just be like, you just want to know about the different products, maybe how they're made, how, what's the best, what have they heard works best for your medical condition, for nausea, for pain, whatever you can, whatever you may be struggling with. And they can tell you what they've heard works well for other patients out there. If you have any questions, you can reach me at lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, dot wells, W-E-L-L-S, at Vermont, spelled out, dot G-O-V. Or you can email us also at ccb, dot med, at Vermont, dot gov. Well, thanks, Bridget. And it's back to you. Thank you, Lindsay. Now on to our top seven reasons Vermonters should consider joining the program if they qualify. Let's jump right in. Number one, 
Private consultations. These are super important for people managing complex medical situations and looking for symptom relief. Patients are able to make appointments for these consultations at medical dispensaries, which is generally not the case at retail stores. You might be able to make an appointment for express pickup, but you won't get a consultation at the same time. Medical dispensaries are required to offer a private setting for these appointments. In my experience at Series Med, patients took full advantage of this service and were able to access ongoing one-on-one consultation in person and in follow-up conversations via email or phone. Number two, licensed medical dispensaries are required to offer a sliding scale payment option to registered patients that demonstrate financial need. Each license can develop its own system with approval from the CCB. Medical cannabis is not covered by insurance due to federal prohibition. As an out-of-pocket medical expense, it can get expensive quickly, especially for patients who are already facing multiple health care costs on a limited income. The sliding scale helps to ease the pain on your pocketbook. Even a little goes a long way here. Number three, no taxes. Yep, you heard that right. There is no sales tax allowed on medical cannabis in Vermont. Compare that to the 20 to 21% total sales tax you will pay in the adult use market, and that's a lot of cabbage staying in your pocket. Number four, no potency limits. Higher potencies can be helpful to patients managing chronic and debilitating conditions. The adult use market imposes a 30% THC limit on flour and a 60% THC limit on solid concentrates. It also restricts the serving size of an infused product to 5 milligrams of THC or less, with an additional 50 milligram limit on total THC per package. The medical dispensaries offer a wide range of potencies across product categories. Caregivers that are growing and or making products for a patient are also free of these potency restrictions. Number five, higher purchase and possession limits. Medical patients are allowed to purchase and possess up to two ounces of cannabis at any one time. Compare this to the one ounce in the adult use market. This can be important to medical cannabis patients that are limited in their ability to travel to a dispensary to obtain their cannabis. Being able to purchase what they need for a longer period of time at one appointment instead of making multiple trips is a huge help. Nobody enjoys running errands when they are not feeling good or when they are juggling multiple healthcare appointments on a regular basis. Number six, home delivery. This can be a quality of life service, not just a simple convenience, for a variety of reasons. In extreme examples, registered patients can be homebound indefinitely or temporarily based on their qualifying condition. Others don't have access to transportation, private or public. And in some cases, the dispensary is simply too far away. Currently, there are only six locations to choose from, Bennington, Brattleboro, Montpelier, Brandon, Middlebury, and South Burlington. That leaves quite a few people without a local option and folks in the Northeast Kingdom with quite a trek. Home delivery is currently not allowed in the adult use market. And finally, number seven, caregivers. Patients can assign a caregiver to either purchase or grow cannabis for them. Caregivers serve an essential role for patients that are homebound or unable to grow cannabis for themselves. Caregivers that are growing cannabis for a registered patient can also produce concentrates or infused products from that cannabis or from flour or shake they have purchased at a licensed dispensary. This can reduce the overall cost for patients. It is important to note here that a patient can designate a caregiver to grow for them 
and continue to purchase products from the dispensaries. It is not either or. The same is true when a patient is growing for themselves. Caregivers are also permitted to participate in consultations at the dispensaries, either as a replacement for the registered patient or as a companion. It's always helpful to have a second set of eyes and ears to advocate for you when you are learning something new, especially when it comes to your health and well-being. All right, we did it. That was a lot to cover on the medical program, and in some respects, we barely scratched the surface. We will continue to talk about the benefits of medical cannabis in future episodes. We'd also like to hear and possibly share your story about how plant-based medicine has positively affected you. It is the power of personal story, combined with education, that will build trust in natural remedies, overcoming the years of fear and misinformation that disconnected us from nature in the first place. This is not limited to cannabis. Cannabis is just one plant in the complete herbal apothecary. Maybe your favorite plant ally is calendula, or dare I say coffee? Send us your short story via audio file, up to two minutes, to our email address, bewell at hi5vt.com, and we'll be in touch to discuss including it in future episodes. Thanks go out to my creative crew at High Fidelity, Olaf Willoughby and Shane Lynn, and to the team at Syntax in Motion for producing this show. A special shout out to Will Davis, my sound engineer. Thanks to you for listening to us today. If you enjoy what you heard, subscribe on our website, hi5vt.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Better yet, like, share, rate, or leave a comment. You can request topics or interviews for our show by emailing us at bewell at hi5vt.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, be well and have fun out there. <laughs>